Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. How are you? What doing? a week. What yes. a week. Yes. Quite the week. <laughs> Another one. Yeah. I think it's going to go on for a little while. Yeah, it is. That's what's going to happen. I think so. Yes. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Not going to talk about that. <laughs> nope, Too much. Let's move on. <laughs> a little bit in the news. <laughs> so, Moving yeah. We, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, the uh, Dallas Police Department's attempt for, shall we say, user-generated content. Um, yes. User-generated incarceration. <laughs> yes. That didn't go so well. Oh, good show title. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, the FBI has uh, had a taste of that itself uh, as well. So, the FBI asked for evidence of individuals inciting violence during protests. And people responded. Boy, did they respond. Oh, what did they do? What did they do? Lots and lots and lots and lots of clips of the cops beating the shit out of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of that going around. I actually, there last is. night, I, 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 I got to say, I took every bit of social media off my phone, out of my bookmarks and all my quick links, because I am tired of seeing those videos. I can't watch it anymore. I've hit a breaking point. Uh, last night was it for me as well. Um, yeah. I saw a clip of the, the, the 74-year-old man in Buffalo. I don't know if you saw that one. Nope. I, I'm fortunate enough not to see that one, but I've yeah. seen enough of them. I've, I've spent quite a lot of time in Buffalo. My heart hurts for that city right now. The uproar was immediate. Uh, and, well, I'll just explain it to you, Jason. 74-year-old guy standing, just standing there. Police rolled by. They pushed him over. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Way! <laughs> way to go, Woo-hoo. way to go. So, yes, uh, you know, in, in going with your shout-out at the end of last show, there are lots and lots and lots of good cops out there. But uh, mm-hmm. for anybody that's saying it's just a few rotten apples, there's a couple fucked-up trees, people. Yeah, there are definitely a few fucked-up trees in this orchard. <laughs> that's for damn sure. Yeah. So okay. uh, we also, let's see, we put out our show on, on Wednesday. We, we yes. recorded on Tuesday, but we, we played along with the hashtag Blackout Tuesday, as did most people. Um, I have a couple things that I think I learned from that. Uh, non-sociological. Uh, this is just tech sort of stuff. Uh, I didn't miss Instagram one bit. Nope, me neither. Not at all. I, I scrolled a couple times, just saw everything was black and went, well, that's great. Fine. Yeah. Really made, <laughs> really, the ads really brought the room together, though. Yes, I, I, I texted you immediately on yeah. Tuesday. I was like, boy, it sure makes the ads pop, doesn't it? <laughs> sure as hell does. Yeah. Uh, I learned that Facebook's timeline, even with all my various hacks in place, uh, is so disjointed at every single level. Uh, comments, timeline, everything. Like, nothing is linear. You have to... You have to spend more time trying to get things into linear order than it's actually worth it. Um, It's like a fucked up episode of Memento, you know? Yeah, it it really is. Like, you know, especially if it's if it's a non-friend comment thing, if if you're commenting on any kind of entity, like I got into a bit of a spat with the city of Santa Monica, you can never see anything in context because Facebook will not display things in correct chronological order unless you fucking force it to. Because, yeah, uh, yeah, I've got the most recent tab, like it's at the top of my list on the left with the new design Mm -hmm. so i always just click that first but it's still out of order it's like i I don't know i let me explain to you what most recent means i I don't quite understand (laughs) like how you're supposed to have conversations when you can't have them in context because nothing is displayed chronologically it's insane to me it's insane well that's Um, seven years brian we've been talking about this it makes no 
sense. The algorithms just are destroying the conversation. And, yeah, you know, we can really only are. talk about this so many times. Okay. Uh, I guess we can keep talking about it because it keeps <laughs> happening. Well, Seven it, it, years it, of this. When when something big is going on, it really becomes highlighted. Like when, when we're just in kind of our normal day-to-day pre-coronavirus, pre-mass rioting and looting and civil d- disruption uh, state, we, we it just kind of, well, whatever, who cares? But it really comes into focus how we're kind of basing our lives on these social media sites and they're so useless when this stuff sort of stuff happens yeah it's like i'm trying to follow protests in my area and it's like you know okay i look at it it's like okay this protest is planned for this time and then you know it, it just it's all out of order i'm like okay where are mm-hmm. they at now who's going where and it's like i'm literally trying to help protect my friend's store to make sure that people aren't coming at him and it's like oh uh now we moved over to here which was a post from six hours ago and then followed by a comment t- two seconds ago and i'm like what this makes no sense it's making me insane <laughs> so i just yeah. had to i had to i just i i'm, I'm off i'm done i'm yeah. call so, me call me in 2022 when this shit's over didn't miss instagram facebook utterly useless and just frustrating and twitter just carries on and can't really be bothered by large social movements except for you know making sure everybody knows you're a social media warrior and silly things like replace a letter to make something awful my argument being no letters need to be replaced everything is awful. <laughs> everything's awful um, so I, I mean remember back i think i mean this was somewhere between episode number two and episode number 10 mm-hmm. um when we first started doing this show was basically when arab spring was around mm-hmm. and everybody was making their icons green and we came up with a term for it, and I cannot remember the term. Yeah, I think we made it a crazy. show title, but who can scroll back that far? We've done too many shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, and it's like, that's what just reminded me of the whole Blackout Tuesday thing. I'm like, okay, sound and fury signifying nothing, because that's all it is, again. Yep. And it's like, yeah, this it, it means nothing. And and most people did it fucking wrong, because Don't they hijacked. The they, yes. u- they used the wrong hashtag. They used BLM and Black Lives Matter for their... Their protest, you know, it, it wasn't protesticon, but it was something close to that is what I what I called it. Um, I even came up with a business model around that, if you remember. I, <laughs> I got to go do. back and find that episode. But, uh, yeah, all, all these stupid things do is just screw up the timeline and also, you know, screws up the communications for people who are actually trying to communicate. They say, okay, I'm in Houston. I'm going to use BLM Houston. BLM, like hashtag BLM, hashtag Houston. That way everybody is on the same page. That's what hashtags were fucking invented for. If you go back and read the history, <laughs> history of your hashtag. And, you know, these people just going, I'm going to sit in my house, watch some TV in my sweatpants, play with myself and post a picture of, you know, a black image. OK, great. And you did it wrong. You fucking did it wrong. So, you know what, guys? Stop. You, you, you're you socialing wrong. Completely socialing wrong. Well, <sighs> at some point, Jason, when the vast majority of people are socialing the way they're socialing, uh, at the end of the day, we end up being the ones socialing wrong because that's what everybody does. It just, it chaps my dazzle. Chaps my dazzle. And uh, just to end this on, I think, kind of a happy note after we've just been (laughs) bitching, this is is the one other thing that really did stick out to me. And so overall, um, regardless of all of this, the ability of humans and humanity to find humor in it all, the jokes, the memes, the gifts, yeah, it's mostly black humor, no hijacking of black movements intended here, just black humor, but that's my favorite kind anyways. It is amazing. I mean stunning how we are able to always rally and just rip the shit out of everything my favorite that i saw i, I can't remember if it was last night or this morning because time becomes a loop um <laughs> was of course the picture of trump standing in front of the church holding up the bible but somebody replaced it with a porn video called black wives matter 
that was, that's that was genius. It's pretty funny. <laughs> you got to admit, it's funny. In the news. So this morning I woke up to another vision of the apocalypse, which all of the local news stations were saying, oh my God, the Amazon Fulfillment Center in Redlands, California is on fire. The one million square foot <laughs> facility. I'm surprised that the local news the was actually, actually carrying anything because as I was watching, I, I tried to scan over to local news uh, yesterday because uh, we were having another big protest in Santa Monica. And, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you want to watch the local news because CNN isn't covering it. And I want to know, do I need to batten down the hatches again? Is, is it getting bad? Uh, but obviously, local local channels thought everything was solved because they were just uh, running the uh, Charlie Judy. Sheen show. I was watching um, Judge Judy instead. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. there you go. Everything yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, I watch. K- I watch uh, Good Morning LA on on Fox. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do watch Fox in the mornings because they do have a Good Morning show, and they were the first people to actually point out the fact that no. It's not Amazon that was on fire. It okay. was uh, two, Amazon's two blocks away, and Amazon finally came out and said, hey, guys, it's not us. Don't worry. You're still going to get your, your dog food, your kibble, and your sex toys on time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but it was insane, this, this building that went up. I mean, it was, it's massive. And it burned in like two and a half hours. But the fun part about it is there's a Twitter account that uh, this is the tech tie-in here. I'm, I'm getting, getting to the tech tie-in. <laughs> it's not just that Amazon was burning because everybody would have been conspiracy theories out the wazoo. Um, there's, a, there's a guy who follows all the emergency stuff on, on his, like, you know, his radio. And whenever there's a, you know, a big event like a three-alarm fire like this one was, he goes to the scene and then live streams it. Right, because he's a, he's a no, I, I guess a budding arsonist or trying to learn the tactics of the LAFD, or he's just a fan of fire. But he was the one that was there and periscoping the fire first thing, and um, it, the, like the news was trying to get a hold of this guy and figure out like, hey, did you set the fire? Because there were apparently several explosions heard before this thing went off, and uh, he's like, no, nah, I just. Do I just follow stuff around because I got nothing else to do? <laughs> like, okay, you go, man. But it's pretty interesting that a guy on Periscope is the one that broke the fire. Right. So it was interesting. But yeah, did you did you see this thing? No, I haven't seen anything. I, I only oh woke my. up about 10 minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, this is yeah, this thing started about 5:30 in the morning and by 7:30 this entire 1 million square foot building was gone. The wow. only thing that is left are the walls around the side, the entire like roof caved in and it's just gone. And right. it's right next to the 10. And that's what that was the tip off. I'm like, okay, well, I did a Google map search because Google is our friend. And I'm like, oh, the Amazon place is up the road. That's not it. And I also thought that Amazon's got to have a really good fire suppression system in their warehouse. They and have a lot of good suppression up. systems. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they Employee do. descent, fire, Free speech. You know. <laughs> <laughs> minimum wage. Oh, wait, no, they're doing okay with the minimum wage. Never mind. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, it was not Amazon. But uh, I think everybody this morning that was watching the news and watching this thing burn was like, oh, my God, how much later is my shit going to be now? That's all they cared about, I'm sure. You know? Yeah. So uh, uh, that was oh the other thing was it's because I think Amazon uses that place to park some of their trucks because it was lined with Amazon Prime truck like ah. tra- like tractor trailers that burned right right so people thought it was like oh no it's an Amazon warehouse but I guess they just you know when they're not using some of their uh, their semi trailers they just they park them there to keep them out of the way right 
Well, we got a, another little bit of hyper-local news that went national. This happened in Santa Monica, and this video did the rounds amongst uh, all my local friends before it, it uh, leapt to the national level, as it were. I, I don't know if you've seen this video, Jason, but the video involves a, an attractive young woman uh, pulling up along a, a very, um, you know, uh, hoity-toity shopping district here in Santa Monica. She leaps out of a Mercedes SUV and uh, goes over to a, a man in an orange vest who is busy installing, um, you know, plywood over windows for, I don't know if that particular store had already been looted or if they were just protecting it for future possibilities, whatever. Um, so she she leaps out. She asks to uh, borrow the drill from the worker uh, and poses for a picture of her drilling in and helping the community by putting up some plywood. All right. She didn't actually do any drilling. She then hands it back to the worker, thanks him, and goes back into the uh, SUV with her photographer, who she also identified as her boyfriend with an offhand remark, saying, boyfriends of Instagram. She laughed, seeming to acknowledge her companion's assist with her fake photo op and threw out a flippant BLM before leaving the scene. Okay. So this got passed around a lot here in Santa Monica, and people were just saying, you know, what a what a horrible person this is. Turns out... <laughs> Turns out uh, this got shared by some famous people and uh, then it got viewed over 13 million times. And Jesus. Then, <laughs> then the person was identified and she turned out to be Fiona Moriarty McLaughlin, a commentary intern for DC Examiner, uh, who was basically also an influencer. Oh, an influencer. Yes, an influencer. <laughs> so this caused her to immediately deactivate and shut down all of her social media. <laughs> As it should, because... Instant she, karma. Instant karma, yes, exactly. So fuck you, Fiona. Yeah. Well, her name is Moriarty, so she's, you know... Yeah, well, yeah, in, she's on the evil side. Apparently a villain. Yes. Uh, and we had... Oh, God. I, 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 hang on. I just... Yeah. I, I, did she think this was not going to get found out somehow you know that this, this is the weird thing that is happening right now we we maybe again like we've always talked about on the show maybe technology has just moved on too fast for the human brain to understand because on all levels even people that are making a living using their cell phone cameras to shoot fake photos of themselves doing wonderful things seem to forget that we all have cameras in our phones influencers forget it when they do stupid shit like this cops forget it when they push over 74 year old men do do you not understand <laughs> we all have phones <laughs> you are all being recorded all the time yes and uh your stupid shit is going to get posted and you will get identified yeah, that's, panopticon that's fail mm -hmm. that's what it's really just a panopticon fail yes it's it's oh shocking to me uh, now, I just have a link here to a Twitter thing. I saw this uh, just a little bit before I woke up, and this is pretty amazing. Uh, we have a proof of concept, Jason, um, basically that uh, Donald Trump's uh, tweets uh, oh going, through, going through the regular <laughs> going through the regular algorithms and filters of Twitter would get his account banned immediately. Because I saw I was, this, and I dropped my bacon. I literally yes. dropped. I was having a piece of bacon, and I dropped it when I saw this. I'm like, how good I, is this? So, I love these people. Uh, this I love guy, them. Bizarre Lazar set up an, an experiment. Uh, he started about 12 hours ago. or Well, no, this was done on June 1st, so a little bit earlier in the okay. week. Yeah. Uh, he set up an account and just started literally retweeting word for word every single one of President Trump's tweets. Within 12 hours, his account was temporarily limited. He was asked to remove tweets, and then his account got suspended. Yep, this is at suspend the prez, P-R-E-S, <laughs> on Twitter. And I'm like... You, sir, are a mad genius. Mm -hmm. I love you. 
And <laughs> this just shows the bias. This shows yep. the bias against. Oh, wait, uh, I thought, actually, I thought bias social media was biased. Ag- I thought social media was biased against conservatives and Republicans. I guess. Uh, you know, Brian, huh. hmm. I guess they might be. Oh, I don't know. Wrong. Hmm. <laughs> they might be actually wrong. Oh, wait, we've had court. Uh, court rulings that they're wrong. So I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah. uh, anyways, genius proof of concept. Up. Genius, yeah, genius. It, it does genius. not look good, Jack. Does not look good. Even though you're trying to do something, this does not look good. Bizarre, Lazar, you win the internet for the day. Yes, and uh, Snapchat has jumped on board. Sort of. Uh, they will no longer promote content from Trump's Snapchat account in its app. The company announced the change will make Trump's Snapchat posts more difficult to find in the app. Although the company isn't removing any content or changing how his posts appear to subscribers. Uh, I'm not. You know, I'm not big into Snapchat. I don't even have it on my phone anymore. Anymore. Yep. What they're basically doing is not giving him free advertising anymore. They will not right. amplify his his posts by putting them in the Discover platform, et cetera, et cetera. So that's actually, I guess, kind of a good thing. At least they're doing it's something. It's a step. It's yeah. a step. It's you a know, step. if they really wanted to do it, they would just cancel his account like everybody on social media should. Yes. But nobody's going to do that. But in yeah. following in line with the okay. with the then the campaign, you know, which basically told that Twitter is is censoring the president, even though they're just putting a label on it, <laughs> yeah. which is censoring yeah. uh, the campaign is coming around and basically now accusing Snapchat of trying to rig the 2020 election by not giving them free ads. Yeah, well, yeah, they can go fuck themselves. So that's all I care about. <laughs> they can go fuck themselves. Yes. So while we even have the the low-hanging fruit of social media, Snapchat, uh, getting in there and doing something about what the president's doing online, Zuckerberg is staying course. He's holding firm. He's he holding is. firm. There was a Tuesday Q&A meeting with around 25,000 employees, which got very tense as they took, and I love this, they took pre-prepared and pre-selected questions that uh, did not go well for the Zuck. Yeah. Uh, mostly involving, you know, why are you doing this? How are you allowing this? What's the justification for this? And he went on to say that after reviewing and studying up on the history <laughs> of the situation, he decided that the yeah. right action where we are right now is to leave this up. Uh, he does not see this as being uh, read as a dog whistle, even though everybody else does. Yep. And um, he's just going to keep it. So, but uh, we've had more pushback. All of his employees are pushing back. More people are leaving. Uh, the really most interesting question of all of this was um, the, he got, went through the process of the decision making to leave his stuff up. And it was a very small group of people, of course, involving Sheryl Sandberg, who in my eyes can do no right. She's just horrible. <laughs> she had no right. She's just, she is the problem. She needs to solution. lean out the door. As far as I'm concerned, she may have done yep. some stuff for women's rights, but she's fucking horrible COO. Uh, and policy VP Joe Kaplan, the one person not in involved in this discussion was a vice president of integrity they have yep. a vice president of integrity who was not at all involved in the decision about whether <laughs> facebook should be have any integrity or not exactly <laughs> so oh, facebook yeah. will not be doing anything along those lines and god knows whatever reason but uh, god knows that they have the ability to do it because guess what came out this week as well Facebook? Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before before we go down that road, I got to okay. say, did you read Kara Swisher's uh, op-ed on the New York Times about this situation? Uh, no, I have not. Oh, she just she just took him to the mattresses. <laughs> She's just like, this is, you suck. You absolutely <laughs> suck. You can't be fired, so you're a little dictator inside your own fealty, and you have not done the research. I would like to see your research. <laughs> she basically said, Mark, show your work. Show your work. And, <laughs> and, you know, for Kara Swisher to say that, to come out against Facebook, who is, 
you know, with Recode, Facebook is a lot of her bread and butter, so they could yep. pull her access at any time. So that was a ballsy move Ooh. to go to the New York Times and not even on her own platform to do an op-ed and say, Mark, you're being a dumb shit that is you know i i'm not a huge kara swisher fan but that she just she went up like you know my heart grew three times that day i'll say <laughs> i like her a lot more now because she she just she's calling his bullshit and yeah. even doing it she just realized to also that you know she's got a big platform at recode but not as big as the new york times and they let her like kara would you like to take the mic for a minute and she <laughs> dropped it on her way out the door saying fuck you mark Excellent. Well, in case you think that it's just too difficult for these platforms to take care of this stuff, or, or Facebook and Instagram in particular, uh, nope, their tools work pretty well. They yep. <laughs> accidentally blocked the seek hashtag for nearly three months. Mistakenly, <laughs> this came out uh, in in March. Apparently, as a result of a report in March, uh, the company says it first became aware of the block on Wednesday. So, starting in March, they blocked the seek hashtag, which is. Pretty benign, if you ask me. Um, you know, do you do you have any idea if what would happen what in this country? If Christianity, Christian, got Christianity, yeah. Jesus, hashtag Jesus. If hashtag Jesus, Jesus, Jesus <laughs> got banned, do you have any idea the the bullshit that we would have to listen to? But since it was Sikh, you know, it took three months for them to figure it out. But this is it's the same exact thing. It yes. is exactly the same thing. I'm not, and then you know, of course, they made the statement that they quickly moved to unblock them. I would argue after three months of people complaining, that's not very quick. Um, our processes <laughs> yeah. fell down here, <laughs> and we're sorry. Quick. They said. <laughs> now, one they did move a little bit quicker on is they also managed to somehow put in a spam detection system that caused users to be unable to post or interact with the hashtag Black Lives Matter hashtag, which one Oops. would argue? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh, oh, how do these people stay in business? I, I Well, we don't stop. <laughs> Can't stop, yeah. won't stop, Jason. <laughs> uh, first one's free. God. Uh, in case you thought this was all limited to uh, online stuff, well, we've, we of course know that um, racism is not limited to online or limited to offline. It's very much online, but I had no idea it was so much in gaming. And gaming systems seem to be doing a better job of dealing with this than our social media do. Call of Duty developer will crack down on racist players. Activision and Infinity Ward are responding to Black Lives Matter protests with more than just delayed Call of Duty seasons. Uh, Infinity Ward is about to crack down harder on racism and its military shooters oh, there's some irony there i think including more efforts to monitor and identify yeah, racist no. material more no. in gaming reporting systems and increasing the number of permanent bans to deal with habitual offenders so racism is rife in online gaming as well good times. it is but there's a lot of self-policing going on i play a lot of call of duty and you know if if they're racist in our group when we're out there they're insta-banned they're always insta-banned you know anybody says the n-word they're out of the group period and you know, a lot of the players I play with, I mean, I, I, it's a very diverse group. It is the world that plays Call of Duty, but there are assholes out there like there are in, I don't know, the world. <laughs> so, um, I mean, yeah, shit happens like that. But uh, just because it's a military shooter, Brian, don't don't immediately go that everybody's racist on there. I didn't not. say everybody. I know, but it's it, it is a, it is a slice of the world. It's the population. Right. You know, half the damn people I play with are I, I, every race that you can completely <laughs> picture in the world and we all get along except every now and again i'd say like three percent of the people that come in are just asshole racist and they 
instantly get booted and blacklisted. So, you know, it is it, it it's an easy way to self police on these game platforms, and I'm glad that they're stepping up. But um, you know, I, I would like you, you can't just kick somebody off your platform because they're a racist. They have to do some racist shit, you know. So when they do racist shit, well, you I mean, kick I'd argue out. that you block them. yeah, that's that's you're not going to yeah. know that somebody's a racist on these platforms until they do the racist shit. So yeah, but being a racist <laughs> is not a crime. Doing racist shit gets you banned from the platform and that's pretty much what we do excellent today's episode is sponsored by private internet access america's number one virtual private network also known as a vpn even if you use incognito mode your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it but private internet access or pia can help PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open-source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to GOG.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's GOG.show slash VPN. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete Me. Delete Me scours the internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once, they monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. 
The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Ups and doodads. We've got a quick audio episode here on Apps and Doodads. I got my Sound Devices Mix Pre 6 version 2 yesterday mm. in Is the it mail. fancier than mine? It is fancier than yours. It's, this one does 32-bit float, which uh, I don't know if you know how that works, Brian, but it makes it impossible to clip audio anymore. That's nice. Yes. Razzmatazz. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's got some razzmatazz. Unfortunately, Logic, which I use to edit my shows, does not support it yet. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) But uh, I'm going through because I set yours up a long time ago before Mm -hmm. I gave it to you. And uh, that's what you use right now. And it's a beautiful device. Yep. And nice and small. It's a, yeah, it's very small. It's, it's, they put a lot of, a uh, lot of quality into that device, which is why it's $900. <laughs> but, uh, I'm trying to get most of my clients moved over to it. So I had to go buy one so I can sit here and say, nope, go here, press this menu button, do this and this. <laughs> and because it is a professional device, unlike the Roadcaster Pro, which yes. is the Roadcaster Amateur, which is. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I'm going to put it in a box with a blue Yeti and just set it on fire. But uh, if you are looking to start a podcast and you have the means, uh, I recommend the Mix Pre 6 version 2 or the Mix Pre 3, which is about 200 bucks cheaper. Uh, the Mix Pre 3 will get you a couple inputs, but the Mix Pre 6 will get you four XLR inputs, which is what you need if you're going to have a host and three guests. Right. So you always future proof if you can for the money. And uh, it is just, I, I'm so glad I got this thing back. I'm going to retire my my Presona Studio 192s, my beloved Studio 192s. Uh, almost nobody has these things anymore because they, they stopped making them a while ago. But um, if you're interested in an awesome audio interface that uh, just works day in, day out, it's a workhorse. It mm-hmm. is uh, rack mounted, though. That's the only thing. But uh, hit me up. I'm going to be selling my... My my uh, 192s, but I love these things so much. But all my clients use the Mix Pre Series now, so there's no reason for me to keep using the the Studio Series for PreSonus. Right. Um, but most people aren't producers like I am and don't have clients, so they can just use it, and it's an amazing device, which is what I'm talking on right now and have been for six years. Um, I did find an awesome article over at Rogue Amoeba called Enhancing Microphone Input with Audio Effects. Now... I'm a huge fan of Rogue Amoeba. They, you know, they've had Audio Hijack from the the old days, which lets you, um, you know, just take any audio input and record it. Yeah. You know, that was the way we stole, you know, <laughs> streams back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they have a lot of features in Audio Hijack now, which you can do microphone, or you can do basically signal enhancements. You can put a gate on it. You can put an EQ on it. All sorts of different features on it in real time. Mm-hmm. And if you use that with loopback, which is the best thing that has ever come across the the macosphere as far as audio goes, which it's a routing app. It lets you like create all these virtual devices and do routing for all of your different things that we, we all use. All the professional podcasters use loopback. Mm-hmm. But this is a very simple article on how to take audio hijack and loopback and add audio effects to your input so you can enhance your microphone for things like live streaming on Skype or uh, Zoom or any of the apps that you're running to give you like better sound. Right. And so I recommend anybody who is a new podcaster or getting into podcast, just, just, 
even like, you know, anybody in the podcast spectrum who has a show, make sure you have audio hijack and loopback. These are the two things that make having a Mac for doing audio just a must have. And I also got to do a quick shout out to Farago or Farago. I don't know how you want to say it, but that's their soundboard app that we use very judiciously. I'm not even going to open it right now because I don't (laughs) need to. I don't want to drive that one home, but the three of those are like the holy trinity of audio software apps that you have to have if you're a podcaster. So definitely check those out. Yep. Brick a brick. Now, my friend Sean Bonner, who we've talked about on the show, my ex business partner and uh, man about town, he posted a, a blog post on mm-hmm. his uh, blog. Yes. Uh, his bloggy blog. That's yes. where you, that's where you generally post a blog post yeah. uh, on uh, on how to do social distancing werewolf. Now, werewolf is one of those games that you play with a bunch of people around a table after having multiple rounds of cocktails, and uh, it's it's a very social game. It's about lying and deception and all these crazy things. And he posted how to do it over the internet, mm-hmm. and I am totally going to give this a try. Do you want to join in? for when we when we do this brian because it sounds like it's going to be a ton of fun uh, let me look into it a little bit more and see if i <laughs> probably no <laughs> probably no <laughs> okay but uh I, I put the the link in the show notes it is a uh, social distancing werewolf and uh definitely check it out because i think this is a cool way to do remote gaming that's well thought out and uh, all the instructions are there. So if you're a werewolf fan, and I know a lot of people who listen to the show are werewolf fans, uh, give it a give it a read because it's just something to pass the damn time. Start <laughs> another GOG gaming group, Jason. I can, I can. We'll, we'll <laughs> oh, maybe that's what we should do next time. We we oh, we still need to do another uh, drink up, drink up round three. Yeah, because I, I think it's too late to do it this weekend. But why don't we shoot for next? Yeah, let's shoot for next weekend because uh, unfortunately I forgot to cancel the Zoom subscription, so we no, paid for so it. So we might as well do something. Okay. We, got, we got another month of Zoom, so hey. we might as well have some fun. And write a call it back off. to something we haven't recorded yet because we do this out of order and security hasn't come up yet. Because we paid for it, we get end-to-end encryption. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> security. Ha! We're joined again this week by Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast. Dave is also the co-host of the social engineering podcast Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, as well as the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy as well as surveillance and privacy. Must be a busy week over there at the show, I'm guessing. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> well, before we get to anything, first thing is first, I have to thank Jason for I don't know if Brian had anything to do with this or if this was just, a, all just a, financially. A, he he did he did, a, he did a post he did a post facto split. I'm like, you want to get in on this thing that I just bought, and he's right, like, yeah, okay. yeah, why not? <laughs> Tremendous personal sacrifice on, on Brian's part. Uh, yes, yeah, so I got home uh, earlier this week, and there was a, a a cardboard box waiting for me, and I opened it up, and inside was a life size cardboard cutout of a stormtrooper and i smiled and i laughed and it made me happy and it made me feel good and so uh jason thank you so much for that i i do appreciate it very very much you're welcome like i said on twitter we make dreams come true on a budget, on a budget. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll, I'll tell you that uh, I set it up in my living room uh, to start, and uh, I, I am going to bring it here to the office. I haven't brought it in yet because it's it's big, and you know it's hard not it's hard to move. But uh, it's hard to move and not damage. Probably not right? the best right. time to like walk it down the street either. Well, there's that too. Yeah. So actually, he can it, hide behind it and fit in. Right. Yeah. He uses a shield against uh, those bullets. Um, so I I set it up in the living room, and the way our house is configured, if you come down the stairs from from upstairs, and you sort of you turn right at the bottom of the stairs, and you face the living room, and there's the stormtrooper. <laughs> so I came down the other day uh, to start my day. Came down the stairs, turned, and the stormtrooper was there, but he had been turned to face the wall. So. <laughs> Uh, somebody, <laughs> I think somebody got up for a midnight snack or something and came downstairs and and uh, got a little startled by uh, whatever TK four hundred seven or whatever his, his nice his name is. So yeah, thank you, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It was really you're, nice of you. You're welcome. And I figured in in like a worst case scenario, you can poke the eyes out and walk around with it. And- <laughs> Kind of feel like you're a stormtrooper, right? What I need to do is uh, when we open up again, and and I find an event that the 501st is doing. (laughs) Just look, duct tape it to yourself. (laughs) Right. So use take a couple of bungee cords and just strap it around my midsection, punch out the eyes, and uh, I'm here, guys. Just stand stand next to him. (laughs) That would that would be funny. Yes, that's because you guys didn't get back to me on Twitter. Here I am. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, how you guys doing? So far, so good. So far, yeah. I'm I'm alive. It's been a week. Yeah. Keep thinking yeah. it's going to get a little less interesting, but it doesn't. And you yet. live in interesting times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel today kind of like um, I'm having a, a bit of a Rodney Dangerfield moment where I'm like... Uh, yeah, I'm all right now, but last night I was in rough shape, you know? <laughs> uh, last night I uh, woke up in the middle of the night uh, from a nightmare, and uh, it was – It I wasn't cried a nightmare, out. Dave. Here we are. <laughs> I know. Still in it. Uh, no, but like I, I cried out, uh, you know, called out. I was so scared in the – and um, I actually turned the lights on in my room. You know, it was, I can't remember the last time I was so unnerved and scared by a dream. Alexa, panic mode. <laughs> yeah, the, the iron bars fall and block all the windows and the, uh, the, 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 the hatch opens to the spiral staircase to the underground <laughs> bunker and all that stuff. But uh, no, it was, it, was a, it was a little unnerving, but uh, I'm actually in good spirits now. Uh, good. I, I have to say I, I worried about you a bit this week. I, it was a yeah. bit of a rough week at times, and I don't know how close any of the – I mean, the protests were fine. It isn't the protests that we're talking about. It was the rioting and the looting that came along with it. I don't know how much of that you had to deal with personally or got near you. I'm guessing not much. No, not much. Um, in fact, uh, something that lifted my spirits was uh, my actual hometown here, which is Columbia, Maryland, uh, had a Black Lives Matter demonstration uh, organized by a bunch of high school age kids and drew probably four to 5,000 people. Uh, mm-hmm. Just had a peaceful march through, uh, which, you know, where, where we are downtown, which means around the mall, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> around the mall to the lakefront. And um, just I think it went as well as it possibly could have could have uh, in in all the best ways. 
And um, so it was nice to see uh, that possibility, um, you know, happen. And then, of course, you know, right down the road is is DC, which yes. is a different story. <laughs> Been watching that, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting to see uh, them uh, painting Black Lives Matter on 16th Street today. Mm-hmm. Which I have to say, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think is pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's it's a funny way, a funny expression of a little bit of a, a pissing match between DC government and the federal government over who owns this street. <laughs> yeah, what was it they they named uh, Black Lives Matter Park down the street as well? Oh, is that right? I didn't, I hadn't caught wind of that. Interesting. Yeah, right. yeah. Your your mayor is doing the uh, you know top level trolling to the yeah <laughs> to the administration right now. <laughs> Gotta love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they don't give them the vote in Congress or anything, but uh, at least they can flex their <laughs> muscles some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take take what you can get, man. Take what you can get. <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's been absurd. I mean the the whole thing with the the president in front of the church. Um, I've been oh. to weddings at that church, and uh, so just to see him there, it just yeah, it's. It's a place I don't think many of us thought we would ever find ourselves and uh holding a Bible it, it, like one would hold a rotting fish. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh, speaking right. of rotting fish, did you see the uh the protesters using the inflatable alligators and sharks as as riot shields against I, the police? I did in France. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. They today they win the internet. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, I was wondering were they going to break into a song from Les Mis, you know, about <laughs> the bar- the barricade and <laughs> But uh yeah, I love that. I was actually thinking, you know, those little floaty things are probably pretty tough. They they have to stand up. They take up a to, beating. To, my son, right, I've exactly. seen my son go at it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I wanted to actually bring something up really quickly because Jason mentioned this so many times, the um, the Guy Fox masks, because I, I, I have been switching back and forth between various national coverages, which means the big three networks, um, Fox to, you know, know thine enemy, uh, MSNBC and, CB, and CNN and, and CNN, Charles Cuomo. Uh, repeatedly, oh, every God. single time he talks about the podcast, he talks about or talk talks about the podcast, talks about the <laughs> protests. Uh, mm. He talks about uh, people running around in Guy Fox masks, of which I've seen zero. I've seen two okay. out of the tens and hundreds of thousands of people. I have seen two. Right, so that's mm-hmm. just his go-to verbal tick, apparently. Yeah, yeah, he he's trying to you know uh, make it a flex, thing, <laughs> flex his knowledge of anonymous, which has nothing to do with any of this, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of kind of stupid. Cuomo, I've, I, I, I'm done with Cuomo. I'm, I, <laughs> I turned him off a long time ago. I've seen one, and it was it was a it was a hand drawn thing, like someone had drawn the image of the mask right. on a piece of cardboard and had stretched that around their face. So yeah. Yeah. So misinformation know. comes on all forms and flavors, does it not? Yes. So imagine that. Uh, Fox, so, Fox on a budget. I love that. So we can uh, <laughs> maybe move on here from from one crisis back to the OC, the original crisis. Um, we 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 all follow tech and security, all three of us here, and and we've talked a lot about uh, the contact tracing apps that we're going to save our collective asses. Mm-hmm. It is now June. Where are the contact tracing apps? I haven't mm. heard anything about them. 
Well, uh, I can answer that question. So, Good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to earn your pay that, somehow. That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Usually I just toss these questions over to, you know, Ben Yellen or Joe <laughs> Kerrigan, or my experts, you know, the guys who make me look good. But mm-hmm. uh, um, so I, as you guys are probably aware, the latest iOS update enabled the contact tracing on the iPhone. Yep. We all have um, the API now. Yeah, yeah. Although I, but I do not, I don't, I have not seen an app be available in the App Store. It may be, and I'm just unaware of it. Um, But I can say that um, they have had success with their contact tracing app in France. Uh, They're getting high marks for that, uh, and not so much in the UK. Theirs is not going as well. So there's a number of um, usage around the world. Well, it is. Um, I, I think a lot of it comes down to culture as to what people are willing to do for the greater good. Yes, the you French know, are known the, for being surrender monkeys, so of course they would. <laughs> no, Brian, we, we're, we're, uh, we're renaming them sur- mine, Surrender Gators. <laughs> They're Surrender Gators now. Surrender Gators, okay, yeah. all right. Um, but... Uh, yeah, theirs is going well. They're getting a good amount of adoption, and it seems to be working for them. Right? Um, does it does it surprise? I, I guess who's leading the charge here in the U.S.? There's been the messaging has been other than Apple and Google working together to develop something, mm-hmm. um, and the, there's been competing versions or alternate versions. Things we've talked about at some folks that I've interviewed, but there hasn't been any. Um, you know, messaging thing, kind of like fill out your census form, you know, install the contact tracing app, do your part, be a good citizen. I've seen nothing like that here yeah. stateside. Well, is Most of be- the charging is done right now by police and unarmed protesters. So I think they're a little well, busy at the there's moment. There's that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, is it is it because it's, well, it's what kind of the things that we talked about. It has to be an all in or nothing thing. And there's there's no national leadership. So it's been punted to states and Right. I, I, you know, I know that there was a one state that put out a contact tracing app, I think, a month ago or something like that. And they yeah, we, North Dakota, and everybody immediately yeah. discovered that it was basically sharing information with, uh, I think it was uh, whatever's left of Foursquare, that company. So it was kind of like, yep. oh, mm-hmm. that's great. Oh, Foursquare, Foursquare's massive, by the way. They're not, it's not whatever's left. They're well, a massive company. Wh- whatever's left of the public-facing one, right. which yes, we all yes. remember, and, you know, becoming mayors at the coffee shop sort of thing. Yeah, they're all B2B yeah. now, and they are gigantic. <laughs> But mm-hmm. I mean, we have to hit eighty percent on the contact tracing app. So without eighty percent, then they're pretty much useless, is what all the scientists yeah. said. Mm, I, I've I've heard sixty is the number that I've heard. Okay, batted around as the minimum. Um, <laughs> we also were told at the beginning not to wear masks, and now we have to wear masks. Yeah, so. yeah, that's <laughs> absolutely knows? right. Yes. Every, everything is provisional. Everything is provisional <laughs> in this world. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I don't know that we're going to see much because it seems to me also that we're in the midst of reopening now. I mean, as we we record this here in Maryland, we're uh, kicking in another level of reopening this afternoon, uh, allowing some restaurants to open and uh, hair care places and things like that. So I'm not convinced that the data is driving it's All not. It's decision? it's not. It's not. <laughs> we, we're seeing the stats already. Florida's just announcing now that after, you know, whatever, they've, they've been reopening for over a month now, and numbers are through the roof. So now is exactly when we would need these contact tracing apps. If we're going to do this, which we are, inadvisedly, and with bad results everywhere they've done it so far, 
Oh, well, whatever. We're yeah. screwed. I think <laughs> also <laughs> stick, oh, stick to one, staying home. <laughs> one thing I, I noted uh, earlier in the week was there was a I believe it was a police chief who was referring to some of the ways they were tracking protesters and so forth. And he was using the term contact tracing, Yeah, um, which was stupid of him to do. Yes, <laughs> yes, it was. He, he was. They are not the same thing. What he was doing is not the same thing as the contact tracing. But talk about torpedoing the messaging for this thing you're trying to get people to uh, install as a public health thing. Uh, that sort of messaging is just the exact opposite of what needs to be done. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And actually, uh, this kind of rolls me into the next thing, uh, because for me, this is, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but for me, this is a messaging error as well. Uh, stories have come out about Zoom and, uh, you know, obviously they've gone gangbusters since, since COVID-19 hit, probably because, you know, not necessarily because they're the best program for video conferencing, but they certainly have the best name. It worked really well and they were in the right place at the right time. And mm -hmm. there's been a lot of frustrations and a lot of problems with, with their, their encryption and their privacy and all that. And we've discussed all that and they've worked very hard to try to fix that by bringing in armies of consultants and security engineers and everything. And this week they've announced that they will have end-to-end -end encryption if you pay. Uh, and they say free users for sure. We don't want to give that. Uh, the Eric Wan said, the CEO in a company earnings call. And his reasoning behind this is because we want to work together with the FBI, with local law enforcement, in case some people use Zoom for a bad purpose. Now, mm -hmm. be that as it may, that may or may not be true. It's certainly not the best time to try to get that message out there. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah. And I would argue that the messaging that they should have used is we are a company who is in the business of making money. And the way software works now is we give you limited features for free, and then we expect you to pony up for professional services. Mm -hmm. Is that not a better messaging that makes more sense and is really true? Pretty much. Okay. That's what I would have gone with because that's that's the truth. It's like, come on, guys, you want you want the full feature set? You got to pay for the full feature set. I have no problem with that. They are, I mean, like, like you said, they're a company looking for profit. That just you could have stopped a company. They're yeah. a company. That, they're, they're a company that wants they, to make money. Business. And right now, yeah. you know, they have an unparalleled opportunity as a company because so many people and businesses are using their services. You want to lock them into subscriptions, especially for larger companies, so that when this is all over you have them as your as as clients as as customers and why wouldn't they try to force and get people into paid models right now yes and <laughs> however <laughs> the flip side argument to that is uh should there be a privacy and security tax in other words are if someone cannot afford it should they be left out of the this is america have... dave the answer is yes <laughs> yes wholeheartedly right. yes no i right, i've well, seen those arguments there. as well and they you know particularly they're talking about nonprofits and things of that nature but but what government or what governments what private companies have always done is they've reached arrangements with with nonprofits for special with educational facilities i mean this is microsoft does the same thing apple does the same thing mm -hmm. you know everybody Adobe does the same sort of thing where there are, you know, if you are a legit nonprofit and, we're, and you're worried and you want these extra layers, but you can't afford it, then these big companies make deals with nonprofits yeah. and, and institutions directly. 
the other side, the other thing too that makes me chuckle is uh, because you know they say that the, the free version isn't going to have encryption because we all know that criminals have no money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was another point that I was like, hmm, yeah, I don't know, maybe. but this, in Santa Monica, the organized criminals that were rolling in to do the looting were pulling up in BMWs and Mercedes. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, the folks who make the Signal app, which of course is the end-to-end encrypted messaging, it has <laughs> video functionality, audio functionality. So they're working on a group video component to their free app, free service. And uh, they were putting out the word today on Twitter, kind of uh, trolling Zoom a little bit. They said, <laughs> they said, hey, if you want to come work on our team that's going to be enabling group end-to-end encrypted uh, video chat, zoom on over to our jobs board and check out... <laughs> Nice. It's available. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well nice. done. Nice. Well done. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, you know, that could be an option soon. Um, and certainly one that uh, is being used by a lot of people these days. Yep. Yep. So I just thought that it was a, it was a strange messaging way to go about it that, uh, you know, bad yeah, timing bad to mention. <laughs> yeah. Bad marketing. And there's a really valid and very simple explanation for doing what they're doing, which is they're a business. Yeah, I yeah. Because when you add encryption onto, I mean, what what is already a very you know data heavy service, your costs go through the roof, man. I remember when it was like expensive just to roll out HTTPS, <laughs> and that's why. Yeah. I mean, I know this came came from Facebook, but they're like, when we have to put HTTPS on every server that we have, we're going to lose because this is back when servers weren't as powerful. They're like, we're going to lose twenty percent efficiency on those servers, so we have to add twenty percent more servers just to encrypt everything. I mean, I know mm-hmm. it's gotten a little more efficient nowadays, and the algorithms have gotten better, and the computers have gotten faster, but there is still not an insignificant hit to encrypting everything that goes through their pipes. So, right. you know, yeah. it makes sense yeah. to me why they would charge for it. And like, like Brian said, they're a business. That's what they do. <laughs> Who's surprised? The FBI angle was definitely just a step on. Oh, that was just, yeah, it was a, it was a horrible <laughs> thing. But the idea that Zoom is some benevolent thing that's just come into existence to help us fight the man, fight the power, is is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. People should be uh, so, pissed off that Zoom exists because now they have to work from home and have to buy nice shirts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, that's why they should rise pants, up against Jason. It. They're saving <laughs> well, on pants. Right, yeah. exactly. The money you would have spent on pants, you can spend on nicer shirts. That's or and and encryption. Encryption. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. You can't. Who you cannot have it all. Yeah. Um, so, next on the Supreme Court, pants v encryption. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had an interesting conversation earlier this day. I interviewed a gentleman named Daniel Katz. He's a researcher at Norton LifeLock in their research group, and he and his team have introduced a new tool called BotSight. And it is uh, both a browser plugin and they have an iOS app. And uh, basically what this does is in real time, as you're scrolling through your Twitter feed, it analyzes all of the, the accounts and gives you a percentage score as to what they think is to the likelihood of those accounts being bots or not. Huh. And it's cool. Pretty cool. Boy, that's nice. <laughs> if only Twitter would do something like that themselves. <laughs> Gee, yeah, I wonder I don't why they guys, don't. <laughs> yeah, if you guys have uh, had time to uh, to check it out or install it, it it's actually kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> and uh, 
you know, it tells you it, what's interesting is like if you go through your regular feed, like if you, you know, we, we all curate our feeds. And so the vast majority of the folks who I see in, in normal everyday interactions uh, are most certainly humans. But when you start seeing the replies to things, yep. for example, if the president tweets something and you see that those folks are trying to amplify that, that's when you start to see, oh, yeah, that's a bot. That's, you know, that's a bot. That's a bot. So. It's a fun thing. It's a free thing that they put out here, and uh, I've been enjoying playing with it. I have to say, I think it's an enhancement to Twitter and helps you. It's, it's kind of like having that person uh, leaning over your shoulders who has expertise on this sort of thing to remind you to say, you know, that that could be a bot. There's a 50-50 <laughs> chance that that's not a real person. Oh, so, uh, I found one already. My friend, just, my friend just retweeted <laughs> Anonymous Op Minneapolis at Anon Op USA, and it comes back as 60% human, but with some bot-like characteristics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lori, we're going to yeah. have to have a chat. <laughs> so, uh, uh, like I said, I interviewed uh, this guy for uh, an upcoming episode of Research Saturday, so you can check that out. And it'll probably be out in a couple of weeks if you're interested in the, the stuff going on under the hood. Uh, but, uh, in the meantime, yeah, check it out. It's, it's a fun tool. It's free. And, uh, I think it's a good thing to add to your Twitter feed. I've Excellent. just scrolled through most of my Twitter feed and, uh, everything is, is pretty clear except the, the, will they suspend me Twitter account that we talked about in the news, <laughs> yes. uh, comes back as uh, likely human, <laughs> likely human. Cause it just retweets, uh, politicians tweets to see if they get banned or not. <laughs> Oh, what? that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, in, in my interview with uh, Daniel, he was saying that um, one of the things they had to make adjustments for was that a lot of celebrity accounts behave yes. like bots. Yes. So that, a that. lot of celebrities behave like bots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But oh, uh, man. So do check that out. I think it's a fun one. And uh, if nothing else, play with it and see what you think. Excellent. No, I this will is... be installing that. Yeah, this is fantastic because Long John Silver's is trending right now because of that stupid thing that Barstool Sports put out that they 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 got me on. Mm. It's, a, it's America's favorite food chains. And it says, based on 2020 data from the Public Information and Statistics Society. Now, I looked at this and I didn't even think about it. I'm like, there's no way Denny's is number one in California. It's got to be in and out. And then friend of the show, David Teeter, just said, the Public Information and Statistics Society, a.k.a. Piss. piss. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, because they, they, they labeled Long John Silvers for Maine, and there is no Long John Silvers in Maine. And just through a, it, it's just fun to watch how one tweet can get something into trending based on misinformation. Chuck E. Cheese is trending now. Are there actually the Long reason? John Silvers anywhere anymore? Yes, huh. they're very hard to find. A uh, friend of the show, Fogarty, and I found one on our way back from uh, Chicago last time I moved back to California. I know there's okay. many times so that years that's ago, happened. Though, right? Uh, yeah, about two years ago. We found one in uh, New Mexico. Wow. I, mm, New Mexico. Huh, interesting. Yeah. And it was, right. I, I forget what, it, it's one of those places where you're like 7,000 feet above sea level. It was like right. a super high desert. <laughs> right. It, where the fish breathe. are known to be. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're in the high desert. Right. And mm. we found the Long John Silvers in like this janky part of town. And we got to roll in and get some, get, I got a three piece before, before they closed down. And it was glorious. I love Long John Silvers. It's one of my favorite. Uh, I grew up eating that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The last time I think I saw one was in West Virginia, so they're they're few and far between. But yeah, I agree. It's kind of a treat when you get to 
Good to have one. If, if it's something you grew up with, which like you guys, I did. Yeah. Yes, I love Long John Silver's. That's why I was like so excited <laughs> when it was trending. I'm like, oh, maybe they're maybe they're relaunching the brand. Please. Yeah. yeah. No such luck. Going to their website. Not in this day and age, my friend. One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is one in L.A. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. It's no. There's not. They say there is, but when you go there, it's abandoned. Uh, I've tr- I've been there. Oh, really? The Gardena <laughs> one? Are you sure? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. We went there. Oh, it doesn't exist anymore. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. We'll take care. Uh, I will talk to you guys next week. Uh, try to stay safe. Try to stay sane. We'll just hang in there and do our best. That's right. Yeah. All righty. Closing shout outs. So another Santa Monica thing that happened. Uh, this is the day that we actually had the really bad looting in Santa Monica. I think it was last Sunday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. And there's a. I, I watched this unfold in real time on on local news, so it's pretty cool. And I did want to give these these this couple. I don't, I don't know if they're a couple or not. I don't think they're a couple. Um, yeah, I don't think yeah. so either. But they they were running around and trying to basically stop people from looting, saying that this is going against what we're all doing here, obviously, and all that sort of thing. And they are heroes. I they threw themselves in harm's way. Um, if you watch the video footage of this, there's flashbangs going off on them. Um, she almost gets destroyed with uh, somebody swinging their surfboard or skateboards trying to bust through the REI there. Mm-hmm. Um, total heroes. Absolutely amazing. Um, I tell you so, what, man. I, I was watching this in real time, too. And the mm-hmm. guy that had the hammer that was wailing on the door, yep. she put herself in between that guy and the door. And I'm like... I wouldn't you have cray, the balls cray. to do that. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> damn, girl. Yeah. And then the, the other guy jumped in to help her. And yeah, mm-hmm. they were throwing fireworks at him. And yep. they, they ended up walking away. They did come back and, and get it later. But I got to say, man, they got balls. They yeah. got and balls. They were, they were out and about after that, too. The news caught up with them a couple times. And they kept on trying to basically just stop looters, which, you know, unfortunately, as you just pointed out, sadly, was to no avail because the looters did come back and ransack the REI after they left. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kind of sucks. Was, but, was, but heroes, uh, yeah. absolute citizen heroes. Amazing. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. I was. Just, I, I was watching. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm just, I'm just like on the edge of my seat. I'm like, don't hurt her. Don't hurt her. Because no, no, no. it's like. It was it was crazy. That guy with a hammer was just kind of terrifying. <laughs> and a shout out to Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, who did possibly one of the coolest and most heartwarming <laughs> things that you will see uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, they got in. Uh, they were contacted by somebody from San Dimas High School and uh, did a video congratulations to the San Dimas High School 2020 grads. Awesome. So cool. That was so, so very, cool. very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's worth the watch. Link in the show notes. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to GOG.show slash donate. Toss us a few bucks and we'll love you forever. Your support really keeps us going and we really appreciate it. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 445. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, donate to the show, and get links to stuff we like. And if you're still looking for the masks, go to GOG.show slash shop. I just got my shipping notification for my masks, so they're on the way. Mine are finally arriving as well, believe it or not. Yep, yep. <laughs> just a little bit of hiccups there in the in the pipeline, but uh, they are coming, and we're probably going to need them for a very long time. So get on that. Stay grumpy. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.